you decide you want to start a podcast, two weeks is such a random, ambiguous amount of time for you to decide, like, okay, I have to do this in the next two weeks. You know, we're a team of six people, and you hear you hear the people that have kind of made it to a much larger extent than I have. It gets to the point where the people are like the most important and maybe the hardest part of the whole thing. Welcome back to Tiny Seed Tales, a series where I follow a founder through their struggles, victories, and failures as they build their startup. I'm your host, Rob Walling. I'm a serial entrepreneur and co-founder of Tiny Seed, the first startup accelerator designed for bootstrappers. This is the eighth and final installment of our series with Craig Hewitt of Castos. But don't worry, if you love following a founder week by week, listen at the end of this episode for a preview of the founders we're going to follow next. In our last episode, we covered how Craig launched a big experiment. Instead of requiring a credit card at the start of a 14-day trial, he took away that requirement and expanded the volume of people coming into Castos's free trial funnel. The big question was, would this translate into increased conversions? So we, we removed credit card from our trial signup process, and everything about that has gone really well. Um, with the exception of our trial-to-paid conversion ratio, which which we kind of knew wouldn't be great, just because we we have some things in like our onboarding process that aren't exactly right, and you know some UX things that need some tweaking and and things like that. That we knew when we started that our trial-to-paid conversion ratio would take a big hit. It always does when you go from credit card to no credit card, but we're still a little bit below like the the benchmark that that I set for us of like 10% is kind of the low low water mark. We're a little bit below that. And so we're definitely still growing. Our growth is about the same as it was when we required credit card. So so that's cool. But the goal obviously with this is like if we remove the credit card, a whole bunch more people come in the door and we convert, you know, some percentage of those to where at the end of the month we have more paying customers, more new paying customers than we did when we had a credit card. And at this point it's about the same. So that's not entirely unexpected. And like this month in terms of product, we've been doing a lot to make the onboarding and the the point to where a customer gets value out of the app really quick and really easy. And I think that will turn into more paying customers and more trial conversions. And, and we kind of knew like getting the app ready to remove the credit card from the trial signup process is the first step. And the second step, you know, this whole month that we've been working on a lot of UI and design improvements to to improve that whole experience so it's kind of expected we knew going into it that it would probably be like this but but then to see it actually happen is like oh this is this is a bummer yeah when you make big changes like this i feel like in your head you see several paths branching out ahead of you and you can see multiple realities at once one reality is like oh my gosh this is like the magic silver bullet and it's going to double our growth overnight with no additional work and then there's like a notch down where it's like nah it'll you know take a little bit of additional work but it's expected and then there's another notch down where it's like well it's gonna take a lot of work and then there's another notch down where well this is going to be a, a shit show and it's going to tank our growth and blah 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 you know and, there, and there's yep. a spectrum yep. of that right but it's like you see them as a founder all at once and you cautiously, optimistically, secretly hope that it'll be the first one, but you kind of know it's going to be the middle one and you prepare yourself mentally and the team mentally for, yeah. you know, for reality, right? It's like optimism, pessimism, and everything in between. Is that, is that kind of sum it up well for you? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, we knew going into it that we're going to go from, you know, our previous like trial to paid conversion ratio of 35 or 40% to less than 10 or 10. <laughs> and that, you know, we have a fair amount of 
app work to do. And I, I think we talked about it before, like the onus is on us now to provide that value really quickly and convert people. And then they have to kind of proactively go out and pull out their wallet. Whereas before it was like more of a marketing effort to say like, Hey, this tool is so great. Come sign up, see how great it is, put your credit card in. And then if you don't, um, if you don't cancel, then you convert basically. And, and I think the, the, the thing with this that I don't hear a lot of people talking about is like kind of zombie customers, right? Like there's a lot of people, myself included, that go sign up for something. And then if I don't remember to, to cancel the trial, even though these people are sending me emails and stuff, then I get charged. And I can imagine a, a fair amount of our growth before and people that have credit card up front have growth just from zombie customers. So we don't now. And in that respect, I feel really good about only having people who really want to be there. But it just makes the effort that we have to go through to grow that much more. So looking back now that you have, you know, basically almost two months of, of data on it, was it the right call? Yeah. Yeah, it's the right call. Absolutely. Because, you know, I think I can share this because we're in like this time warp of, of podcasting land. <laughs> the goal with the removing the credit card from the trial signup is not to offer a two-week trial where people don't have to put their credit card in. It's to offer a, a time-unlimited trial, so a usage-limited trial. So we're going to go ultimately to something like Wistia does, where Wistia has a free tier where they can you can publish three videos for free. And when you want to publish the fourth, then you have to pay. And we're going to do basically that. So the no credit card 14-day trial process like right now is a, is a stopping point. We want to get some, some metrics around this and make sure that we're able to support the people, which we've answered yes, our, our you know support ticket volume is almost identical to what it was before. And all these UX and you know support improvements that we're making in the app are only going to make that better, I think. And so this has opened the the top of our funnel a lot. So we're getting, you know, 500 new trials a month at this point. And the cool thing about this is we get to nurture a whole lot more people in those 500 new trials signups. But then if we're able to expand that even more from a, a temporal perspective to say we have 500 new people in every month and we can nurture them as long as they're in that free trial, as long as we need to or as long as they're, you know, kind of interested in podcasting until they're ready to get serious about it, then I think some of these people that come in and sign up and say, I want to start a podcast, but they probably aren't ready to start a podcast in the next two weeks, that we'll be able to nurture them along and then convert them down the line when they are ready, which could be two months from now. And that's cool. So this stage we're at right now is kind of a stopping point. We want to prove that, like you said, it's not going to break our growth and totally overwhelm our support team. Uh, I think the answer to both of those so far is like, yep, we still are definitely growing. Our support is actually about the same as it was before. And so we're able to to keep all these people in our kind of trial world and help them and encourage them and send support their way and stuff for an even longer period of time until they're ready to convert. Then that's just even better. So, I mean, to summarize, it's you're moving from a time-limited free trial to a usage-based freemium model. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just because it, it fits the the journey of a customer better, right? Like you decide you want to start a podcast, two weeks is such a random, ambiguous amount of time for you to decide like, okay, I have to do this in the next two weeks. So I think we'll be able to capture these people that are coming in saying, I want to start a podcast. I'm not quite sure. I don't have my episodes recorded, yada, yada, yada. They can feel comfortable staying within kind of our world until they've published those three episodes. And then when the fourth one comes, then they have to you know upgrade their plan. So. Yeah, I like it. It's another big bet. You know, and like we we talked a couple episodes ago, 
these are the bets that they can go either way, but if they go in your favor, these are the ones that can double your growth. You know, the, the split yep. testing, minor tweaks to this and that, copy, you know, that can get you 10, 20%, 30% growth, but to, to double overnight, it's pricing changes, it's radically changing your funnel and that kind of thing. And obviously removing the credit card was one step towards that and going freemium, you know, is another another step in that direction. Yeah. Moving to a freemium model is another big bet for Craig. I want to call out the steps he took to get to this point. First, moving to a trial with no credit card up front, and then moving to a usage-based trial that will be less of a trial and more of a free plan. It's a great peek behind the curtain because you don't often get to see the decisions that founders make when they change key pieces of their business, like pricing tiers and trial funnels. Craig's observation that zombie customers would go away with freemium is also good for the long-term viability of the business and good for potential customers as well. With usage-based freemium, customers are happy because they don't have to worry about getting charged if they don't start their podcast in the first two weeks. And Craig doesn't have to worry about zombie customers who are being charged but not really receiving value from Castos. One theme we've been tracking throughout this series is Craig's decision to hire a full-time marketer. We've been through the hiring process with Craig all the way through Denise's first three months on the job. To close out this story, I want to take you all the way back to the first episode when Craig was just percolating the idea. The challenge with it is not hiring a marketer because that's easy. It is, this is the first time I've ever hired someone in a role that I could do that will be better than me. And that I don't know, that might seem like a weird thing, but um, you know, hiring a developer when you're not a developer is easy. You say, hey, can you build this thing? <laughs> Are you reasonable? And can you communicate with me? But to say like, I want to hire a marketer and I'm like a marketing guy is hard. And then to say, I'm not going to hire some low level marketer. I'm going to hire like a, a mid to high level, like senior level marketer that knows a lot more than I do is intimidating. And, you know, it's funny, I don't, I don't get nervous about podcast interviews or meeting people in person or anything like that, but I was nervous. We had my first interview with someone today, like video video call after like two rounds of questions and stuff. And I was nervous before. So I was like, if this is the person we need and I screw and I screw up the interview and they think I don't have any idea what I'm talking about, then I will have, you know, botched this. It's important to remember how this hiring process was something Craig had never done in his entrepreneurial career hire someone above his skill level in a field he considered himself well-versed in. Here's what Craig thinks about it now. You can come at it from a few different angles. I mean, one thing you had talked about was that it was stressful to start handing things over to anyone. But then an episode later, you talked about how invigorated you were to do more marketing because you didn't have to do all of it. You know, you didn't have, you got to do mm -hmm. the parts you wanted rather than the parts you did, you know, and, and did not want. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been really great. I mean, I think that even as a marketing person, just having someone else to kind of play with in that side of the business is really great. And I think like I see this with our developers, we have two developers and they they work together a lot and bounce ideas off each other and stuff like that. And, you know, I think as a as a solo founder, a truly solo founder, it, it can get really isolating and lonely um, just because you're doing everything by yourself and don't have anybody to talk to, which is things why things like, you know, a podcast or a mastermind group are so important. But then even like within the business, for me to have someone else who's really smart and really savvy to talk marketing with, I think has made our marketing a lot better just because I'm able to 
come up with ideas. She tells me some of them are stupid and that's cool. And I respect her opinion. And some of them, she says, wow, that's awesome. I never would have thought of that or I, I couldn't do that or whatever. And so we, we go down some of these roads. I feel like our, I mean, certainly the amount of marketing work we're doing has been exponentially more than I was able to do by myself, just from like a mental energy perspective. Because that's all she has to you know, worry about is just how do I get up and get more eyeballs on our brand every day, which is really cool. Speaking of big bets, you can hear the turnaround from someone who was nervous to interview candidates into someone who is seeing exponential output on the marketing side of their business. Craig's care and diligence in choosing a marketer has paid off. It's hard to close the loop on a story of a company that will continue to make changes and grow long after this podcast series concludes, but I asked Craig how he feels about wrapping up the series and where Castos is headed in the future. We could talk about this forever because it's it's like, yeah, there's not an end, uh, the arrival fallacy, right? Like it's never over, the problems are never solved, the, the, the hires hopefully never stop uh, and stuff like that. And so I think, yeah, I think this kind of story or this part of our story has taken a nice arc and uh, we're at a point where we've we've done a fair amount. We have a, f- a whole lot left to do, but I think it's been nice to be able to share this part of our story with folks. I think at this point, you know, we're a team of six people and you hear you hear the people that have kind of made it uh, to, a, to a much larger extent than I have. And I'm sure you can relate to this like with Drip is it gets to the point where the people are like the most important and maybe the hardest part of the whole thing. <laughs> and and I feel like we're getting there. I think we talked like in the last episode or the one before that about like culture and communication and things like that. But it really is like for me, the the coolest part is the team and the people that the team we've built, I guess, uh, and the culture that we're developing because it allows us to do so much more work than I can do by myself. You know, you look at a team that's just a solo founder or two, two founders together doing something and that's cool. And, and you can do a lot, like two people can do a lot together. But, you know, we're a team of six people, all from really different backgrounds and perspectives on the, the problem we're trying to solve and the audience we're trying to serve. And like, that's the thing I'm probably most proud of because it touches like every aspect of what we do now. And so like when I look back at, you know, it was gone for basically a week between a tiny seed retreat and microconf Europe, it's like the team held our weekly meeting by themselves and without me and like made all these decisions without me. And that was really cool. And I'm still obviously super involved in the business, but to see the team being more and more autonomous, making really smart decisions by themselves is super fulfilling as a founder. Looking ahead, what what do you see is in store for the future of Castos? Yeah, I think, you know, we've we've proven pretty well that, you know, what we have built and, you know, our integration in WordPress and all this kind of stuff is something that people really want and have grown our user base. You know, I'm, I'm happy with our growth there. And I think at this point, we're looking at more ways that we can service podcasters in a really convenient, cost-effective, you know, efficient manner that can take a lot of different forms. But I think that the natural progression for a lot of companies is either just to get more butts in the seats, you know, as as one of our team members puts it, or to to kind of expand what you're doing into a larger part of your market. And we're we're definitely doing both, you know, on the marketing side, it's it's just more butts in seats, more more users and all this kind of stuff, but from a business and a product perspective, we're definitely looking at what in the the kind of podcasting food chain can we offer to people that is really valuable, maybe that we have some like unique opportunities to provide to them 
and you know how that how that all could work honestly because it's some of it's kind of complicated yeah it's interesting because castos is part of it's a quickly evolving vertical in essence like podcasting is still relatively new even though you know there obviously there are po- people who've been podcasting for 10 years or more but it feels like it's just now starting to catch on in the mainstream you know, mm-hmm. as we, as yeah. like Gimlet, I mean, there's been this American life for a long time, but like Gimlet Media came about and now they've been acquired for a couple hundred million dollars by Spotify. And it, it feels like, like my mom asked me about podcasts the other day, you know, it's like, it's starting to, I mean, I, I'm, I'm feeling it's going to just be built into cars here soon. And I think that's a tipping point. Like there's, you're in a space where there's a lot of competition, but the sky's also the limit. If you can, if you can just figure out how to how to do it. And that's, this is what's so hard about being a startup founder is there's just infinite possibilities. You could do anything. You could, you could try to go up market and raise prices. You could go freemium like you're doing. You could just expand horizontally and continue to, as you said, give more and more services or whatever to, to podcasters. And it's like, this is the part where you have to make some hard decisions as, as the leader, as the founder, as the visionary with Really, it's not just incomplete information. It's very, very little information. You know, it's kind of like you're coming up with ideas and having to evaluate them with very little data. And is that yep. where, where did, I guess, like, where do these ideas come from? Is this from customers or is it from brainstorming or is it from you're doing the dishes and it, and it hits you? I mean, how does one, you know, let's get inside the mind of of how you even think about this when there are literally... Uh, you know, almost infinite things that you could do as next steps for Castos. Yeah, I think that I'm fortunate to to still be like really close to a lot of our customers. I I kind of purposefully still do some support. You know, in some days that's more than I want to, but I think it's really important to like get firsthand perspective of what our customers are going through. And I think it's important for a lot of founders, even till you get to like whatever a pretty a pretty big, you know, company size and revenue level and stuff like that to, to at least look at support and look at what people are talking about and stuff. Cause it's like a product thing that it's also a additional services and, and products and features and things like that, that they're looking for. So some of it definitely comes from that. Some of it comes from being a podcaster and kind of looking at the the market and just saying, you know, wow, there's, you know, all this stuff moving in this direction, you know, should we think about that? Or nobody is moving in this direction. Should we think about that? And then I think part of it definitely comes down to like, what kind of business do I want to build? Do we want to be an enterprise type service or product? Sometimes I think we do. Sometimes I think we definitely don't. You know, there's some other companies in the in the tiny seed batch that are really enterprise level players. And even though I have a background in sales, it just turns my stomach to think about some of the stuff that they have to, to the hoops they have to jump through to get customers. So I think that yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of looking at what customers want, what the market's doing, where I want the business to go, and then a little bit of like what the the return on investment would be. Like, can we do a little thing that will give a big return? That's obviously like a yes. If we have to do like a whole bunch of work to give, you know, a, a pretty big return, then that's a maybe. And then obviously, like if we have to do a whole bunch of work to give a, a small return, then that's a no. So, so that's a that's a pretty big decision making point because we still are you know, pretty heavily resource strapped. We just can't go hire five more developers and and spit out a bunch of features really quickly. So Craig, thanks so much for taking the time over the past, what, four or five months 
to chat with me every few weeks. I'm sure the listeners have you know appreciated your openness and honesty as well as just taking the time to jump on a call with me halfway across the world. No, my pleasure. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. an absolute pleasure having Craig on the podcast and to be able to follow Castos through their journey for the past several months. We're in the midst of recording our next season, so it won't go live for a month or two. But I want to give you a sneak peek of the first episode of that season from another company in the 2019 Tiny Seat Batch. Next season on Tiny Seat Tales. I think it just felt like it was not the right move for us and what we wanted from our business and how we wanted to have control over our lifestyle. We really wanted to be able to have flexibility to spend time with our son and to travel when we wanted to and to grow in a way that felt natural and comfortable for us. 